0: I'm Dalton Dale, music enthusiast on a mission to learn about my favorite genre, heavy metal. Join me as I listen through and learn about the history of heavy metal music. We'll be talking about bands, albums, songs, and historical events that helped create the metal music genre as we know it today. This is the Hevolution Podcast. Hey everyone, what's going on? Dalton Dale here. Welcome to the Hevolution Podcast. Trying out a new intro today. Uh, Hope you like it. Want to say a special thank you to uh, my man Chris uh, from the band LOL for sending in the audio for that. Uh, It's actually a little clip that he put together, and um, you should check them out. Early emo, uh, early 2000s emo pop. Uh, punk, punk uh, kind of band. Uh, they are writing and recording a new album right now. Uh, definitely go worth the listen if that's uh, the kind of music that you're into, and uh, worth the listen even if that's not the kind of music you're into. Uh, support those guys and check them out. They played at Furnace Fest last year and uh, they do a little bit of touring. So pretty cool. Thank you, Chris. I uh, really appreciate that. Um, I super dig the audio for that. It was really fun putting together a little intro for that. So we are trekking through the history of heavy metal music. I am extremely passionate about music. It's one of my biggest hobbies. And for those of you joining for the first time, um, I read a book, uh, or I'm reading a book. The Sound of the Beast, uh, Complete Headbanging History of Heavy Metal by Ian Christie. In the process of reading that, inspired me to go down my own journey of learning the history of heavy metal music and here learn, and find out for myself where all of this began. Uh, it's a very, very, very extensive genre with many many sub genres at this point and has gone through many many different phases and there are a lot of people who define heavy metal very differently even than what um, others would. And so, you know, trying to know and understand where all of that comes from and how that happened um, throughout the years, um, it was something that really interested me and was really engaging for me. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going through back to early 1970s, where it all began, according to most music historians with Black Sabbath. And listening my way up and through time and up to today at some point. So uh, it's been really fun, really exciting. Uh, Thank you all for joining and uh, welcome uh, new listeners and new followers and subscribers. Appreciate that. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about early 1980s. I want to deviate a little bit more from the norm of what I've been doing where it's been really band focused or album focused. And I want to just talk a little bit about that time period in the States and the rise of heavy metal in the United States as it relates to um, what was happening both musically and socioeconomically that helped create a rise for heavy metal in the United States uh, for those of you that are new um heavy metal was predominantly born in the uk uh, black sabbath and then new wave of british heavy metal with iron maiden and judas priest and Def leopard these motorhead these are all bands that widely contributed to the overall sound and style of heavy metal music and they defined what became a completely brand new genre of music. I was visiting with my dad the other day and just sort of sharing and talking with him a little bit about it. He grew up through this time period and listening to a lot of this stuff. Um, And for him though, it was Twisted Sister and Van Halen and a lot of those early American metal bands that really got him interested into a lot of it. And That's not really where it started. Those guys are just guys who heard bands and saw, you know, Judas Priest and, and, uh, you know, Sabbath and those guys all touring when they were over here in the States. And then they decided to kind of spin off and do their own thing. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is what was happening in the early 80s at the time and um, how that influenced and impacted and created a rise for heavy metal in the United States. And then we'll dig into a little bit of what I was listening to this week. Um, We're talking to Queensryche EP, uh, their first uh, EP Album that they ever put out, and then uh, we'll wrap it up with a little bit of what I've been listening to. So, heavy metal, for the most part, was really born and created in the UK. Uh, the jumping-off point is Black Sabbath. Uh, my dad brought up the other night. Well, you know, who were they listening to, and and what bands inspired them, and. You go back and you look at, you know, late 60s rock and even 70s rock and, you know, you've got Zeppelin and Rainbow and a lot of those bands that were really doing quite a bit as far as hard rock goes, but none of them were really doing what Sabbath did. You know, Sabbath came in and and really changed the game as far as the overall tonality and style and lyrical content for you know, music in that time period. And then you fast forward into new wave of British heavy metal. And to me, this is what I told him. That is when I feel like heavy metal got its own sound. That to me is when I feel like heavy metal became its own thing. It wasn't just um, a heavier version of rock and roll. There was a definite transition from, you know, more minor, chord progressions and minor scales into major chord progressions and major scales. And then there's, you know, multiple guitarists and a lot more distortion and everything got louder and faster. And so to me, that is really what defined it. And so as that moves into the States, you know, the early 1980s and in particular, you know, 1982, 1983 when this Queensryche EP came out, soft rock and new wave just dominated the charts. Uh, 1982, Michael Jackson Striller came out. Um, there was just tons and tons of soft rock. I was looking through uh, Billboard charts and songs, and you know, I think the heaviest stuff that was on there was, I think Joan Jett had a song that reached top or close to the top of the Billboard charts in the early 1980s. And that was maybe the heaviest thing that was popular at the time. I mean, the there's just all of this different stuff that's out there musically, there's Toto and there's, you know, Wham and uh, all these different bands that are that are really getting popular, but none of it was heavy metal. And at this point in time, heavy metal is still very much nuanced and underground sort of sound and style And it became increasingly popular amongst teenagers um, and amongst the younger crowd who were really trying to find something to help identify themselves. And I think that's what gave way to a lot of what became popular Somebody told me not long ago actually if you if you want to know the current slang, go talk to like fifth and sixth graders because they're the ones that are starting to say some things. It's not the middle schoolers, but it's the fifth and sixth graders. They're the ones that are hearing the stuff the earliest or creating it. And I think what that speaks to is children's need to identify with something. They want to become something or someone and i really think that that played pretty heavily here in the early 80s to the rise of heavy metal and its popularity across the united states you know we're entering the digital age the first mobile phone is uh is introduced in the early 80s the first home computer is introduced in the early 80s uh, the sony walkman the tape player portable tape player is introduced in the early 80s i mean this is These are things that absolutely define an entire era of human beings. It creates an entirely new generation of human beings. And now all of a sudden, while these things, you know, home computers and uh, shoot, the internet was introduced in the early eighties, the internet protocol from ARPANET into the internet. And so, while these things may not have been overly accessible for the, for the, you know, average household of the time, I do think that there's a big part of this that really plays into how people start to hear about things and find things and discover things. I, I think that, you know, obviously it's going to take a very significant amount of time for all of that to play out and for you know those sorts of things to become really accessible it's not till really the you know even the mid 90s i would say before internet is very widely accessible and you know cell phones become more predominant and you know those sorts of things but I do feel like all of these things lent towards a sort of a, a shift in the dynamic or a change in the socioeconomic landscape that helped propel heavy metal and give it some momentum, you know, as as we move in and through the 1980s. This is sort of, you know, I would say the defining moments for this genre of music there are bands that lay the groundwork and really help bridge the gap between hard rock uh, pop rock soft rock they help bridge that gap and make heavy metal more accessible you know judas priest had radio hits and iron maiden had radio hits and you have bands that are writing songs so well that it helps pave the way for early American heavy metal bands, and I just think that that helps bring and usher in a whole new era. And that's, you know, we'll we'll see that as we move into mid '80s with the thrash metal scene and Metallica, Megadeth, and a lot of those bands. Um, you know, looking forward to getting into those, but that for me, as I'm learning about this and as I'm reading about all of these things, those are just some notes that I had that I found interesting that, uh, were called out as key points or things that helped bring in this new era of music style and help give heavy metal some, some wind beneath its wings, so to speak. So, uh, super, super cool. And I just, I, I'm incredibly thankful for it. You know, this is a defining genre for me as a as a human being. And so talked about that a little bit on last week's episode. But um it definitely, you know, made an impact to a lot of people. And um, you know, it was something that, you know, talking with my dad about it, he's you know, talking about, oh, you know, is Madonna and Cindy Lauper and, and all these radio hits um, and then he heard Twisted Sister, right. Or, uh, you know, listening to one of my favorite bands, Emory on their podcast, talking about how all they ever grew up hearing out in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina was radio hits. You know, that was the only stuff that was accessible was what you heard on the radio. There wasn't even getting tapes and, and eight, you know, uh, uh, vinyl and, and those sorts of things was still really hard to come by a lot of this stuff. In fact, You can go read that there's a lot of bootleg stuff that ends up making its way around. You know, people were discovering music through music magazines like Kerrang! and Metal Massacre or, you know, independent record stores that were bringing in stuff that, you know, people had never heard of. And that was very much the predominant way that people were finding things. So you had to find... You know, record stores or music magazines that were just outside of the norm, the, the popular stuff. Again, heavy metal was still just very much an underground thing at this point. And so let's talk about Queensryche. And their self-titled EP uh, came out. It was originally recorded as a demo. So it's just five tracks. Uh, it was originally recorded as a demo. They were originally known as... The mob. Uh, They were a cover band, and gained a lot of popularity as they just played a lot of different shows and gigs, doing a lot of metal covers, uh, hard rock covers, and then they put out this demo, and they, you know, had a really hard time getting any kind of traction or, you know, getting any kind of interest in uh, what they were doing and the mob as a name, the rights were gone. And so eventually they ended up changing their name to Queensryche and, um, ended up independently putting out this EP in 1982. Now, um, eventually a record label ends up, you know, hearing it and picking it up. And so then it gets put out as an official release in 1983 Uh, it is a gold certified EP, uh, which I think is pretty cool for just five tracks. Ended up topping the Billboard charts, Billboard 200. It ended up topping as high as number 81. That, you know, to me is another impressive feat. Listening to it, um, was very interesting. It reminded me of something, and I still have not figured this out. I went back through everything that I've listened to in this you know search for the history of heavy metal uh, i've actually a little little plug i've got a playlist on spotify if you just go search my personal profile dalton A Dale, you can find my heavy metal history playlist and i'm adding everything that i listen to to that playlist But I went back through all of this stuff. And initially, as I was listening to this, I was thinking that it reminded me of Judas Priest, either Sad Wings of Destiny or British Steel, one of the two. But I just went back and I played a couple like Spot, played a couple of songs from those albums, and that just didn't quite do it either. So I'm not really sure still what this reminds me of, but I feel like I've listened to something very similar to this. I have not listened to this before, uh, at least not knowingly. Um, Queensryche is one of my dad's favorites. So it's very possible I listened to some of this as I was growing up, but it's not something that I've consciously listened to until these last couple weeks. But um, the lineup features uh, Jeff Tate on vocals, Michael Wilton on guitar, Chris DeGarmo on guitar, Eddie Jackson on bass, and Scott Rockenfield on drums. I did a little research into what their lineup consists of today. It's mostly different, um, except... Uh, Michael Wilton and Eddie Jackson seem to still be with the band. So they seem to be key pieces to who Queensryche is, even as of today. Uh, I know my dad went and saw them. They were touring with Judas Priest not long ago, said it was a really, really great show, uh, super impressive. But Queensryche EP, again, five songs, um, Queen of the Reich, Night Rider, Blinded, The Lady Wore Black, and Prophecy. Uh, you know, again, uh, listening to it, it felt familiar. And maybe that's just a sign of of heavy metal sort of solidifying its own sound for the 1980s. And, you know, really a lot of bands kind of having that sound and style. Uh, but maybe it's also just It was just good. Anyway, had a lot of fun listening to uh, these five songs, some really good songs. Queen of the Reich is a super good opening track. I definitely enjoyed how upbeat it is, and it goes right into Knight Rider, second really, really upbeat song. Uh, I feel like the guitar work in this is very technical, and there's just a lot of really cool riffing in it. Um, Very indicative, I think, of... Some of the even metalcore that I listened to today, uh, and actually, as I was listening to this album, I really have been trying to mull over what you know. What do I want to get out of this? What do I want to share with you all that are listening? And uh, you know, I've kind of dialed into um, some things that I want to get out of this, and some questions that I want to answer for each episode. But one of those questions that I want to th- continue to be thinking about is. What is this music doing now uh, at the time that it was written that has translated or made its way into modern metal music, regardless of what subgenre that is? I, you know, w- went to a concert last Sunday and it was a lot of post hardcore uh, bands. Post hardcore, for those of you that aren't familiar, is this genre of music that existed in kind of the late. I would say late 90s, uh, mid to late 90s into the early 2000s. Early 2000s, it really gained a lot of popularity, but it's marked by heavier music um, that it comes a little bit more from hardcore punk uh, and that sort of style that gained a lot of popularity in the late 80s and early 90s. But with uh, vocals that are much higher in range or, or you know, singers who um, tend to sing more in their head voice or more of a falsetto. And, uh, you know, some notable post-hardcore bands would be like Thursday, um, Brand New, Chiodos, uh, The Used. There, there's a whole list out there you could go find. But listening to Jeff Tate sing... And then thinking into, okay, traditional heavy metal has no harsh vocals at all. That was something that I had to reframe a little bit. Well, when you move that forward into modern metal music of various kinds, to me, that's a piece that's kind of carried over a lot into more post-hardcore type music is that really high pitch, really upper range singing that was really popular for classic and traditional heavy metal music. And so I think that that is something that um, I'm going to continue to look out for. I'm going to continue to listen for is what are some things that I'm hearing that may have influenced or made its way through time into more modern versions of heavy metal there are a lot of really talented vocalists out there who have really beautiful upper register, you know, vocals, Craig Owens, uh, Tillian Pearson, uh, Vic Fuentes is another one. Uh, Burt McCracken is really great. These are all guys that, you know, have a lot of singing up in their head voice up in that upper range. And I, would be really interested to go research and find out what vocalists influenced them. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if it wasn't guys like Bruce Dickinson and Rob Halford and, you know, Dee Snider, those guys that were early on singing really, really upper register stuff and sort of defining that early heavy metal sound and style. So um, that to me was something that in listening to this album and in hearing Jeff Tate sing, was uh, you know definitely a big part of my process for this week and in, in trying to hear and figure out where does this move to. So, um, anyways, Queensrÿke EP, self-titled, super super good. 1983. Go give it a listen. You can find it on that heavy metal history playlist on Spotify. Speaking of Spotify. What am I listening to this week and what are you listening to this week? I would love to hear a little bit about what you guys are listening to in comments on social media, wherever that is. Um, That would be awesome. Would be super fun to just know. Um, I think what has been the heaviest in my playlist uh, is still knocked loose. These guys are just absolutely killing it when it comes to metallic hardcore. I think they are setting the bar over and over and over again. I talked about them last week. They put out two new singles and they just go so hard. Um, super super impressed and I just I dove into more and more and more of their backlog and it's just good. All of it's good. So Knock Loose, Metallic hardcore Band, one of my favorites, one of the best live shows I've seen too. They just put on a killer live show. So uh, it's been a lot of fun um, listening back to that. So Thank you all for listening today, wherever you're listening to this, I would really appreciate a five-star review. It's super helpful for new podcasts and algorithms for what gets suggested out there. So wherever you're listening to this, I would appreciate it. Go find us on Facebook and TikTok, like, subscribe, share, follow, wherever you're seeing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you all for all of the support. This is the Hevolution Podcast. We will see you in a few weeks.